0: I, I kind of didn't know what to call this sermon, so I just picked something, and it's called The Masked Worshipper, and uh, I, I don't know how it's all going to fit together. Maybe it'll all fit together, maybe it won't, but I'm trusting that God is going to say something to you today. So if you got a Bible or if you uh, have your electronic device and want to turn to Luke chapter 19, we're going to be there in a story that, uh, as Stacy already kind of filled us in a little bit with, with the children's message um, about a guy named Zacchaeus. And most of you are probably familiar with the story uh, and the song. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Um, and he, uh, I can't remember the rest of it, something about he wanted to climb up the tree because there he wanted Jesus to see or something like that. Uh, but this is the story, and it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree. Now, you've got to admire his, like, proactivity here. He knew he was short. <laughs> He'd been told that all of his life. Some of you have probably been told certain things all your life. You're like, gee, thanks for telling me. I didn't know I was short. Right? Right? And so here he is. He's like, well, I've been told I'm short all my life, so I better find a way to see Jesus because I really want to see Jesus. And and sometimes we allow certain things that other people have told us maybe all of our lives to prevent us from seeing Jesus. There are things that maybe you've heard that have limited your perspective on who Jesus is. There are certain things that even this past week, you know, we have reputations and things that are hard to overcome. I think about our new brother, Kanye West right, who recently gave his life to Jesus and has dropped an album, all of Jesus' music, and has said he is no longer going to sing the old songs that are filled with explicit lyrics. He's now going to sing explicitly about Jesus. And, and, and here's the thing, is that it's really easy for all of us, and myself included, I was just like, okay, let's see how real this is, right? We can all get into that mentality of judging people by their past, Instead of allowing Jesus to give them a new future that he promises. And so here is a guy like Zacchaeus who has been trapped by all of these things, all of these limitations, all of these images in his own mind, and maybe some of them are actual reality. There are some things that when people say it about you, it's true. (laughs) It's true. But just because it's true doesn't mean it's not something you can't overcome. And just because it's true doesn't mean it's something that Jesus is going to keep you at bay for. You see, what we tend to think is that Jesus and God are going to treat us the way everybody else does. And I'm so grateful that God and Jesus treat me differently than everybody else does. Because really, if we were treated the way everybody else did, and unfortunately, Most of the rest of the world looks at Christians and they think that's the way God is. But I want you to understand, and especially if you're watching online, that if you have an image of God and it's less than perfect, it is because we are less than perfect representations of Him. He is nothing really like us. He is altogether greater than us. And so as much as we may tend to try to live up to all that we should be, we are going to fail miserably prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. And so here's a guy that wants to see Jesus, and I hope that's what you've come here today to see, is not to be seen, but to see Jesus. Because it's real easy for us to come to church and do our deal and kind of put in our time and say, you know, check the box and say, well, I did what I was supposed to do. I went to church on Sunday, you know, and I sang a few songs, and I didn't even feel good about it. But church is not just for us. Church is a place where we come to worship God. And so sometimes we can get caught up in a lot of stuff that really doesn't matter. We can get caught up in being seen, or we can get caught up in some other story that is not God's story. And I think, you know, when you look at a story like this, that here's a guy who wants to see Jesus, but perhaps because of his reputation, because maybe perhaps of his job, maybe because of his stature. There were all these things that were kind of keeping him from seeing Jesus. And so he said, well, I've, I've got to find a way to get there. I've got to find a way to see Jesus. And I think it's a little bit, you know, kind of telling that he climbs up into a tree because he really doesn't want to be seen. He really doesn't want other people to know that he's looking for Jesus. And so maybe you're even here, you could have even come to church this week, and you know, you're hoping, man, I hope I don't see somebody there I know. That's how I feel every time I go to Walmart. <laughs> I really hope I don't see somebody I know. I'm going to get trapped on aisle five, you know, talking, and I really just want to get in and get out, right? But you know, that happens to us, and sometimes we get to these times in our lives when it's just like, you know, I just really don't want to be seen. Have you ever felt like that? Where you just want to kind of get lost in anonymity? You just really don't want anybody to know your name. You don't want to go to Cheers where everybody knows your name. Right? And, and so the thing is, is that we, we kind of just want to isolate ourselves. But listen, this is a tool of the evil one to isolate and separate. The Bible tells us that it's, it's God's desire for us to be brought together in unity, in community. But when you get together in unity and community, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start seeing people as they really are. And sometimes that ain't so pretty. Sometimes you know we a couple of us are getting ready to go on a mission trip this this next week, ten days, and I'm gonna see Jen and Tony in ways I ain't never seen them before, <laughs> and uh, and they're gonna see me in ways they ain't never seen me before, probably. But but you know the thing about it is this is that when we come together in unity, it's not about putting on this face. It's not about trying to hide everything, right? It's about really being able to be free to be who we are and being okay with that. But let's be honest, sometimes we don't like who we are. This is why we put on something else. This is why you can look through your clothes and say, I ain't got nothing to wear, and you got like 2,000 pieces of clothes to look through, right? And it's like, no, they already see me in that. <laughs> one time, that's it, you know? And I, I mean, it's just one of those things that, we don't like ourselves. Can you imagine, Zacchaeus, maybe this has happened to you where you've been told things all of your life. You've been made, made, made fun of all of your life for certain things. And there's just things that you just hate about yourself. And I can just imagine Zacchaeus saying, I am so sick of people reminding me that I'm short. I mean, I'm guessing he's still short in heaven. And here we are 2,000 years later still singing that song. And he's like, would you just give that song up, please? (laughs) Right? I'm not just that song. But that's how people treat us, right? They just hold on to one thing, and they think that's all that you are. And yet you know that's not all that you are. But God knows that too. And God is not limited by the things that we limit ourselves by. And God does not limit us by the things that other people limit us by. And isn't that a wonderful thing? That God is not bound by other people's opinions of you. That God is not bound by your failures and mistakes. That God is able actually to redeem all of that and use it for his honor and glory. And so here he goes. He climbs up into this sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down. I, you know, I don't know that he quickly climbed down. I, I, I like to picture it this way that when Zacchaeus is up in this tree, he's kind of up, you know, over these, hanging out on this limb somewhere. And Jesus is walking by. And as Jesus is walking by, his heart starts to, you know, beat a little bit harder and faster. Because again, you know, you don't want to be seen. You're trying to hide. And when, when you've played hide and go seek, when somebody gets close to you, you know, you're just like... <gasps> You know, it's kind of an excited kind of fear thing. You know, it's like, oh, I hope they don't find me. You know, I can just, I can just hear his heart beating right here through his chest. Right. And he's holding on to this branch. And Jesus gets closer and closer and closer. And then he just stops right underneath him. Now, you can imagine how you'd be feeling right now, right? Yeah, I mean, you would just be like, you wouldn't want to breathe, but you've all seen the cartoons. When this kind of thing happens, what is somebody about to do? They're going to sneeze, right? (laughs) And I can just see Zacchaeus right there. I mean, just thinking, man, I hope nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, the worst thing can happen. Jesus calls him out. (laughs) Jesus doesn't just say, hey, you, dude. No, he says, Zacchaeus another Zacchaeus up here? He's talking about me? Yes, he was talking about him. And this is what I want you to understand this morning, that Jesus knows your name. And he knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you're sitting. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows your name. He's not getting you confused with somebody else. And some of you may be feeling like, you know, how can God be calling me? I think he got the wrong number. He didn't get the wrong number. Okay. When he called Moses, he didn't get the wrong number. Even though Moses had fled and been in the wilderness for 40 years, God had long distance, right? And he can still reach out and touch you, right? And so this is what I want you to understand this morning, is that Jesus knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what's going on in your life, and he's calling you by name. Your name is like the most personal thing that you own. It was a gift bestowed upon you. And even though, like myself, some of you may not have liked your name, not a lot you can do about it. <laughs> it's given to you. And, and you know, God has a name for you. It's not the name that your parents gave. He has, he has a new name for you. The Bible tells us that that name is written in heaven. And one day I can't wait to get there and get my new name. Right? <laughs> but But you know, He has a name for you, and that name is what defines you. You're not defined by all the stuff here on this planet. You're defined by Jesus. You know, our country is in a crisis, identity crisis, I really think. You look everywhere, and people are dealing with identity issues. And I want to submit to you that the reason there are so many identity issues It's not because we don't know what to wear. It's not because we don't know where we came from. It's not because we don't know what gender or whatever we are. It's because we are not worshiping God. When we worship God, He is the one who defines us. And you will be defined by what you worship. Whatever you worship, that's what defines you. And and so... Here's Zacchaeus. He's climbing up in this tree, and as he's hanging out on this limb, he's there, and Jesus comes by, and Jesus stops at that exact point and says, Zacchaeus, come down, and this is the picture I think. I don't think he was like methodically just like, hold on, give me a second. I think he probably just grabbed that tree and went, (laughs) just slid all the way down. He's like, Jesus said, quick, that's quick, right? I'm coming down quick, and all those leaves are just flying everywhere, and Zacchaeus is down in an instant, and, and you see, when Jesus calls us, he calls us for an instant reply. Y'all remember instant messenger? <laughs> right? And, and you see, sometimes it ain't so instant. When I, when I get a message from some of y'all, if you're on iPhone, if you're an iPhone user, go, go Apple, right? If you're an iPhone user, this is, this is what happens on an iPhone user. We, we get the blue messages. And, and I can tell you're an Android user if it shows up green, Right? <laughs> And, and so, I know who you are. You, you can't trick me. But all iPhone users, this is what happens. It's not really so instant, okay? Because if it was instant, like, I wouldn't see the little bubbles going up. The little bubbles go up. You know what that means? That means you're thinking about something, <laughs> You're, you're contemplating your words. And like if it takes more than three or four seconds, I, I know you're probably backspaced. <laughs> you're probably editing, you know. It's like bubble, 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 it, That's not instant messaging, right? That is delayed. That is thinking. That is like carefully choosing your words. But when Jesus calls you, he's not looking for a delayed response. He's looking for an instant message. A yes or a no. A follow or not follow. You see, isn't it funny that that we have those things? We use that terminology in social media. You know where that terminology came from? It came from Jesus. (laughs) Jesus was the first one who was getting followers, right? He's the first one getting followers. And and so here we are. We're all about getting followers. But you know what you can do nowadays? You can unfollow. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in the last day, there are going to be people who are going to be unfollow. Unfollow. Unlike, thumbs down. And you know why that is? Because the things about Jesus, they just don't like what he says. He demands too much obedience. He demands too much allegiance. He wants too much of my life. And so people are going to say, unfollow. I like to make my own rules. Unfollow. I want to do what I want to do. Unfollow. You're just asking too much of me. I mean, yeah, I know you gave your life for me and all that. I know that I get to go to heaven one day, but you know what? I got this life on earth, and I just want to live it my way. And Jesus is saying, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. You don't get to just do whatever you want to do. And so here's Zacchaeus, who's climbed up in this tree. He was looking for Jesus, and Jesus says, come down, and he gives this instant response, and he comes down, and he says, I must be the guest at your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus into his house, In great excitement and joy. I'm telling you this. Even if Kathy and the cleaning caddy comes to your house. (laughs) And as immaculate as it will be. If you knew that Jesus was coming to your house. You're going to do another walk through. (laughs) You're going to go back through. And you're going to make sure. Every one of those toilet papers has a little rose on it. (laughs) You're going to make sure that there ain't no dust on the shelf. You're going to make sure that it's all put away in its place. If Jesus is coming to your house. But look at what Zacchaeus does. Zacchaeus doesn't say, uh, Jesus, can you, how about two days out? I need to let my wife know, you know. <laughs> she doesn't really like it when people show up unexpectedly, especially the Son of God. <laughs> can you imagine if Jesus was coming to your house, but Zacchaeus doesn't say, I got to get everything cleaned up. Praise God. Praise God that we have a God who's not surprised by the little bit of dirt on your shelf. Praise God that we don't have a God who's going through with a white glove and checking the top of your door frame. Let me see. Let me see what I can find here. You see, Jesus isn't trying to find your dirt. He's trying to bring out His holiness in your life. And you see, when you move into a relationship with Him, He's going to clean it up. I'm so glad we have people like Kathy who come and clean houses. Right? Amen. <laughs> and they've been cleaning the house of God here for us the last few weeks. I hope y'all have seen a difference and smelled a difference. Yeah. Right? And, um, and, and it's been a great job. But, but listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus says, I will clean the house for you. I'll clean your life up for you. But you've got to give me the key. you got to give me the key you got to give me access. If you would just let me into your house, I'll clean it up. And some, sometimes we're just like, uh, you know, I, 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 just, I just don't want you to have access. I don't want you to have all areas of my life. But that's what Jesus is asking you for. Zacchaeus, today I must come to your house. And what does Zacchaeus do? With great excitement and joy... He opens up his house. But look at this. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the house. He's gone to the house of a sinner. Do you know this guy, Zacchaeus? He's a sinner. A big one. He's short, but he's a big one. (laughs) Listen. Everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. Everybody. And so did Jesus. And Jesus was not deterred by going to his house. Sometimes we get in all uproar and we're just like, I don't know if I can hang out with these people. I don't know if I should go to their house. Jesus went to a sinner's house and he went to a lot of sinners' houses. And he came to yours. Don't begrudge Jesus going to people's houses. Don't begrudge what God is doing in somebody like Kanye West's life. Because if God can save you, God can save Kanye. And I want us to to remember, we all still need Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, you still need Him. You never get to a point or a place where you don't need Him. And if you do, you better pray that God has enough grace to remind you that you need Him. So, the people were displeased and said, oh, he's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. How could Jesus do that? Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, did I miss, did I miss one? No, okay. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the, to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes... Mm. I wish the IRS would say that to me. (laughs) I will give them back four times as much. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great at Christmas? Hey, we made a mistake. You're going to get four back. Four times the amount you paid us. Look at this. When Zacchaeus moved into a relationship with Jesus, look at what happens. Something starts to immediately change. Some things are going to take a little bit longer to change, okay? But God is patient with us all. We need to be patient with one another. We need to be patient with other people who are not where we are spiritually. And we don't need to look down at people who are not there yet. And, and let me tell you this. It takes just as much grace to save you as it does to save them. And, and for us, who are we to ever look down on someone Who is not where we think they should be? Jesus is the one who makes those decisions. Our job is to love as Jesus loved, to live as Jesus lived, to show grace, to show mercy, to show forgiveness, kindness, and compassion. And if we are not doing those things, I want you to understand Jesus did not put any of us, He is not gonna put any of us on a throne of judgmentalness. We don't get to sit on that throne. There's only one who's sitting on that throne, and it's Jesus. Yeah. And so, Zacchaeus comes, and he starts making things right. And he says this, and, and, and this is one of the things, that he was a, he was a tax collector, and so he made his, his living off of cheating people. He made his wealth, it says, it tells us in the Scripture, that he was a chief tax collector, which means that he had elevated, he was so short, remember? But this was a way for him to elevate himself. This is a way for him to prove something. And sometimes we in our lives, we spend all of our time and energy trying to prove to people, hey, I'm not what you think I am. And all this has held me back. You're going to see one day. I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to prove to the world that I can be somebody. And so he had elevated himself to the highest position, a chief tax collector. He had become wealthy by ripping people off. And so what happens here in that place where he had maybe his greatest struggle you now see one of his greatest victories. And he says, hey, Lord, I am willing to sell off stuff. I'm going to give half of everything that I have, I'm going to give it to the poor. Because you see, generosity is a landmark for people who are followers of Jesus. Generosity. We're in this month of Thanksgiving. And then we're going to move into the month of December where it seems like it's the month of entitlement, right? How do we go from being thankful just one day? And I think it's really funny how Christmas has been encroaching on every other holiday because of commercialism, right? And so it's like, I mean, pretty soon we are going to be having Christmas in July. Because it's all about marketing. It's all about your money. It's all about getting that dollar. And you know, we have, we have just forgotten what gratitude and generosity and thankfulness is really all about. How can we, who have received so much, hold on to it and hoard it to ourselves? And yet Jesus, a marker that he gives here through the life of Zacchaeus, is showing us that generosity is really important. I'm not telling you today that you need to go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. I'm not telling you you know, that you should go out and just abandon everything, all of your pursuits and goals and dreams. But I am telling you this, that when you move into a relationship with Jesus, he gives you a different perspective on money. And the way that you look at money and the way that you treat your finances should be different. And if you have cheated people, and if you have done wrong, you need to ask forgiveness. You need to make those steps to make it right. And here is Zacchaeus who is doing these things because he's had an encounter with Jesus. And so today, the, uh, what did I call this? The masked worshiper? Let, let, me, let me ask you this. A few questions. Or a few things to, to draw your attention to. Is that your identity doesn't have to be found in your appearances. You know, um, so many times we, we come to worship and we come to a place like this, or you maybe go to a concert or whatever, and, and there might be things that you would do because of what the audience is doing. You know, you might feel led to do something, or you might feel compelled to do something because of your surroundings or the people that are, that are there. But I want you to understand that, that Jesus, He knows your heart. It's not about your appearance of worship. It's, is it really worship? Is it from your heart? And see, Zacchaeus, and spent all of his life trying to live up to these appearances. Well, I'm short. I'm defined by that. Or I, 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 I'm defined by my inability to do certain things. And so you try to compensate for that in other ways. I want you to also understand that identity isn't found in your achievements. Zacchaeus had made it to the top of his profession. He had, you know, chief. That's a big deal. Somebody calls you chief, Right? you got a fire chief, police chief, right? And and so when you get to that place, you're elevated, man. And people are listening to you. People are paying attention to you. People actually now fear you even. People are going to give you some respect that maybe you wouldn't have gotten before. And so a lot of people may spend their time that way. It it means that we're defined by our work. Or maybe we're defined by our self-worth. How valuable do you feel this morning? You see, sometimes, and if we're, if we're honest, our self-worth is not really all that high. And so we try to compensate by working harder, by being smarter, by putting in the time and doing all this stuff, just trying to be a little bit better. But as I said earlier, we're really defined by our worship. And if you, if you weren't aware of this, let's, let's look at this passage in Psalm chapter, uh, I'm sorry, this is N.T. Wright. Let me, let me go to this passage. Here it is, Psalm 115, 4 through 8. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear and noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel and feet but cannot walk and throats that cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. I think this passage is really, really important for us to grasp. Because you see, if you worship a certain thing, you're going to become like that certain thing. Look at this. If we worship supermodels, we'll become vain and self-centered. If we worship football players, we'll become aggressive, bombastic, and women demeaning. If we worship actors and singers, we'll become foul-mouthed, immoral, and sad. If we worship corporate America or the dollar, we'll become greedy, oppressive, and materialistic. If we worship academia, the pursuit of degrees, letters, titles, etc., we'll become proud, arrogant, condescending, and conceited. Now, obviously, this isn't true of every person who's in these fields and areas, but you can see the overarching, permeating mentality that's there. Whatever we worship, we become like that. And if we worship Jesus, shouldn't we be becoming like that? Shouldn't other people be able to see Jesus in you? Shouldn't other people be able to say, hey, wow, you know, there's something different about you, and I just think it might be Jesus. They shouldn't have to be scratching their head for long, wondering, what what, what is it that's different about you? But, But this is what happens. Now, you know, you guys know, I do things differently there's a uh, there's a TV show that's uh, out right now some of y'all may watch it I've, I've seen a couple of episodes myself and it's kind of humorous and funny it's called the masked singer right so today um, I'm the masked worshiper and, uh, I ha- you know, I have this shark head because, you know, it's like, it represents my family. My dad's a shark hunter, and, you know, so it's like, baby shark, doo do, do, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, you know, the thing about it is this, is that a lot of times, this is how we come to church. You come in as a mass worshiper. And you put on whatever mask you feel like everybody wants you to see. You put on whatever mask you feel like identifies you maybe as your family or as, you know, as your, you know, friends, whatever. This is who they expect me to be. And so I got to wear this or I got to act like that. And, And listen, our church is a great church. You don't have to come in here. We try to help people understand you don't have to come in here looking like everybody else looks. You don't have to come in here dressed like everybody else is dressed. You don't have to come in here and have your life all together. And yet, there are a lot of times we may still feel that way. We may still feel like, well, i got to put on my mask. Because, yeah, things aren't really all that great in my life right now. But, you know, who really cares? I don't really have time to talk about it. I don't really have time, you know, to talk about this stuff. And so I'm just going to sit here and I'll just sing my song and I'll just do what I'm supposed to do and and we'll just go through the motions and uh, the service will be over soon and then I can go. And so we put on these masks. But what is Jesus teaching us through the Scripture? He says, I see beyond your mask. You might be able to fool people around you You might be able to, you know, mask what's going on in your life. Actually, people in your life might not even have a clue what's going on with you. But God knows exactly what's going on with you. He knows your name. He knows your location. He's got you in on the GPS, God's positioning system. He knows where you are. He brought you here so that you could hear this message today, that there is a God who sees beyond your mask. You don't have to be defined by your past. You don't have to be defined by your family. You don't have to be defined by your mistakes. You don't have to be defined by anything by what he says you are. And he's today saying, this is my child. This is one that I died for. This is someone I love greatly. And today, you can take off your mask. This is Halloween where people wear costumes, but this is a place where you don't have to wear one. You don't have to wear a costume. You can be unmasked today, but you've got to be willing to take it off. Sometimes we get real comfortable with the mask, don't we? We get real comfortable with just being what everybody wants us to be. But today, you don't have to do that anymore. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you willing to go out on a limb? (laughs) That's the only way Zacchaeus got there. He had to go out on a limb. And sometimes the things that God may put on your heart, some things that God God may ask you to do, like wear a mask (laughs) to church as a masked worshiper to demonstrate this point may seem a little silly. But you know what? Let's be honest, we all wear masks. Are you willing to go out on a limb? Are you willing to be called out? Are you willing to be called out? Are you willing for God to say, hey, pay attention to this? Are you willing for God to just tap on your shoulder and say, You're gonna, you, when are you going to finally move on this? When are you going to finally do something about this? Are you willing to let Jesus come into your house and meet your friends, meet your family? Are you willing to bring him into your circle of influence? Because you see, Jesus is not content with just one. He's not just looking for you. He's looking for your friends and family. You remember, y'all remember, I think it was a Sprint maybe, I don't know, back in those days, they wanted all your friends and your family, right? Sign them up, sign them up. Let's extend the network. You see, Jesus is not just after you. We make it about us, but he's after, the, he's after the world. He wants everybody. And so we need to bring people into that network, into your network. But you got to invite him in. Don't worry about getting your house cleaned up. Let him do that. And he will do it. But you got to give him the key. Are you willing to change the way that you live? You see, this is what's kind of crazy is that Zacchaeus didn't go from being a tax collector. He stayed a tax collector. The Bible never tells us that he quit collecting taxes. Well, what the Bible does tell us is that he was a new man. He wasn't the same tax collector. He was just a good one now. And you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, if I become a Christian, then that means i got to quit my job and i got to get into the ministry. No, listen, you're already in the ministry. Wherever you are, wherever your job is, you just need to be better at it. You just need to be gooder at it. Okay? You just need to be the best at your profession because you're representing Jesus. It's not about you making a name for yourself. It's about you making a name for him. So Zacchaeus continued to be a tax collector, but he was a different man. And today, you can be different too. And so, with the band coming on up, if you guys would, I want to ask you this, remind you of this, that you're not defined by what you do, but by who you know. You know, Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus, and it changed his life. And in a moment, him going out on a limb and saying, You know what, I'm going to trust that I can get close to Jesus. But getting close wasn't enough. Jesus said, I don't want to just be close. I want to be all I want it all and today maybe you've been prone to wander prone to leave the God you love but Jesus is willing to give himself to you completely again if you're willing to give yourself completely to him and so I'm gonna ask you if you would to close your eyes and pray with me I want to ask you to pray that prayer that David prayed search my heart and know my thoughts See if there's any way that I'm putting on a mask. Search my heart, know my thoughts, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Halloween's over, but some of us are still wearing masks. Let today be the day that you take it off. Let today be the day that you say, I'm not going to be defined by all these other things. I'm going to let Jesus define me. And He's going to tell me who I am. Because those words will be true. And you can count on that. That everything that God does, everything that God makes, is good. Because He made you. He loves you. Just as you are. Father, we thank You that we don't have to pretend. We don't have to try to be someone else. We don't have to act like something we're not. God, we're so grateful that you love us just as we are. And even though we are prone to wander, even though we are prone to fail, you call us back. You call us to come close. Not so you can point out every flaw, but God, so that you can wrap us up in your love. And that love changes us. Thank you, Lord for this story of Zacchaeus, a story that reminds us that you know who we are, you know where we are, and you love us just as we are. The altar is open. If you need prayer or you'd like prayer, I invite you to come. Maybe you're here today and you've never invited God and Jesus into your life. With a simple prayer right there where you're seated, you can go out on a limb and trust Him by saying something like this God, Jesus, I don't know you, but I want to. And today, if you're there, if you're really real, would you take my life and change me? I'm going to give you access to the keys of my heart because you loved me and you died on the cross for me and today I willingly choose to follow you if you're praying something like that today I want to encourage you to let someone know, let me know so that we can celebrate your decision and so that we can help you in your walk, your new walk with Jesus Lord God, thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name.